Welcome travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your not-so-humble guides on the quest for RPG adventures. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we are all devoted role players and storytellers at heart, and we absolutely love sharing our passion with you. On our show, we feature diverse tabletop RPG systems, demonstrating them through actual plays and breaking down the rules to provide you with tips, tools, and techniques to help you navigate them. We also love bringing the content creators behind these games into the studio to give you a peek behind the curtain with relevant and insightful interviews. Let us help you get the most out of your story, no matter what game world or system you're playing. Because detailed settings, heroic characters, diverse NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary. good and we've returned having gone over our introductions and some of the themes and our lines and veils we're about to bounce right into main character generation this is where things get really cool and fun and we really start building the story in earnest the original character generator was created by christopher and he goes by Ajiri. DC Holmes is an STA super fan who took over for the originator. This is a free tool that has been a great boon to this game. It is exceptionally helpful. Modifius loves this tool, so they do support its use, and it has all the information from the books. It is updated at least as far as Utopia Planitia. Looking at the character builder, the first thing you have is two selection choices, characters and starships, counts and overviews. We're going to select characters and starships. This is a very key piece to this, and as we are building everything we're building, once you select your options, if you go back to this stage to build the next thing, like we're going to build a character, we're going to build a supporting character, if you go back, it will keep your old selections unless you clear them. Because there are so many source books and so many things that are available to players, one of the things that I'm going to do is suggest the options to select so that it limits our choices a bit to the things that would be typical for this. But if at some point in the future or you, or at some point in the past you've seen something that interests you that did not come up, please feel free to let me know. We can talk about it. If there's something that's interesting, I am happy to let you use it. It's just wanting to limit it a little bit so we don't get into analysis 
paralysis. Using the tool functionality, so there is no back option. So if you click on the, if you go to select something to move to the next page, you would have to restart and work your way all the way back through. So keep that in mind. There's no, there's a couple places where you can cancel and it sends you back to the previous page. But essentially when you go from one step to the next step, that is not reversible in the system. You'd have to go back and re uh, enter everything going through. So just be aware it's a limitation of the tool. Yep. Along those ends, as we go, I'm going to check in with everybody to make sure everybody's good with a given page before I suggest we hit select as a group. That way, everybody can make those selections together and nobody has to rebuild their character from scratch every time. Tool. Always write your values down on a separate piece of paper in addition to typing it in. Yep. Star Trek Adventures character building works on a life path system. Marty, you and I have done hundreds of life paths. That's the way we like to do things. It was singularly the best part of the last Unicorns games, Star Trek role-playing game, when Matt was out. It was my favorite piece of that. So, I just want to say, I did not come here with any predisposition because I knew there was a life path. Normally for D and other games, I'll come with a character concept in mind and try to make that character concept. For this one, since I knew there was a life path, I'm just a blank slate right now, and I'm waiting to see how this works. Awesome. And the great thing about it, too, is that there is a build-as-you-go back into it system if you do already have a character, a strong character concept in mind. And I'm glad we can't die in character creation like Traveler. (laughs) Could you? As the GM strokes his graying beard, gray beard, it's not graying, it done got there some time ago. We talked about the intervening two years. I would actually go so far as to say if you would like to fill in those intervening years, you can, or you can hold off. And then through Discord, we can talk about where you get assigned and the things you have. And that way it can be a bit of a surprise when your characters come back together and none of the other players will know unless they got posted to the same ship as you. And I think that would be a really intriguing way to preserve some of the mystery for the audience and our players and really get that like where'd you go what'd you do you might have some dark secrets or some amazing tales or anything in between i think that would be a lot of fun to keep those intervening years a little secret for right now i'm in totally done for that yeah i'm up for it so as far as the core rulebooks that we're using for building characters in star trek preservations we're going to use the core book Crew books, TNG, DS9, and Voyager would be options as well. Quadrant books, Alpha and Beta Quadrant. Division books, I recommend, and this is simply to limit your options. If you're planning on playing Command, select the Command Division. Don't select the other two. If you're playing Ops, select Ops. Science, Science. For those who are not totally Star Trek literate, those are the three colored shirts. Red is command, the mustard or yellow is operations, and the blue is the science and medical. So you pick the division for the type of character you want to play. I will say this. Nearly every Star Trek officer is probably cross-trained. So it is not a bad idea to select all three. 
especially if you're playing a command division, because you could play a command person who used to be in ops or a command person who used to be in science. That said, nobody in Starfleet is denied from borrowing things from other disciplines. So if you are thinking of playing a command character who came from the science division, select both books. If you're or if you're playing a science person who is maybe some type of a warp field theorist, you might want to select ops so you get engineering and science. Make that choice on your own. If you're unsure and just want as many options as possible, select all three. I will leave that to personal decision. Every character I have built, I've kept all three because I just like the idea of cross-training. My real-life military career, I cross-trained in a couple different disciplines as well. It is something that definitely happens in Starfleet. We see many characters that have done that, so feel free to make those selections as well. One of the nice thing about most of the talents in here is they're not restricted to any one particular character type, but they do generally have some of the more esoteric ones have minimum requirements of attributes or discipline levels. Can we get some examples of what each division goes for? So in TNG era, in the sciences division, that's going to be your medics and your scientists, basically anybody in a blue shirt. And Modifius put out a book for each of the divisions, a supplement. And so by selecting that option, basically that's going to open you up to any of the options within that supplement. So that's where that comes from. If you're not playing, if you're not playing that division, those options wouldn't necessarily, but you're not banned from them. If you're playing a command officer, by but for example, I would suggest taking all of them because command officer, not everybody starts as a red shirt, right? Some people start as an ops guy who becomes a command officer. Some people start as a blue sh shirt who becomes a command officer. I we see in Voyager, Janeway had a science background yep. and then moved into command. And Picard was also a blue shirt before he took on the command red. So anybody can come into command from any division. And further, Jordy was a command officer before he switched to being an engineer and became and took on the ops gold. Worf was also a command officer before he switched to security, taking on ops gold. So security would fall under operations. Engineers would fall under operations. There's a host of other things that you don't see in any of the hero shows that fall under operations. A lot of star base roles can follow into that. And again, this show is going to be spending a lot of you're assigned to a ship that is assigned to a star base so you'll have a lot of interactions with the star base in those roles as well something to keep in mind when you're designing your your supporting characters as well you may want a supporting character who's on the star base and not on the ship that's also an option for, for when we get to that point of course, command, you can have con officers, those COs will be of command. XOs do not have to wear red, by the way. You could be a science officer who's the XO of a ship. You could be a security officer who's the XO of a ship. XO is a role, not a division marker. So anybody can be an XO regardless of what group they come from. Though in the TNG era, many, especially on larger starships, do wear command red. I will say this, and it's a bit meta, but just so you build characters that have the greatest opportunities and you can build the characters that will work best for you, the ship we're going to use is a smaller ship. 
In fact, it has an officer and enlisted crew size of 40. So that's the kind of ship where the XO is not necessarily going to be a red shirt that sits next to the captain. They may very well be the security officer, the con officer, the helm officer, or some other function on the ship. Classically, Spock even was never, he was science, and even though he was first officer. Yeah, absolutely. I tend to use all three. Just recognize that that creates a lot of choices when you make your selection. That's all I would say about that. As far as campaign books, while we are not in, I would certainly select the Shackleton Expanse because, again, we're in a frontier region, so many of those types of things would equally apply. And then major Expanse books, I would definitely select both the Player's Guide. For miscellaneous other books, there's no need to select any of those. It's not that they're bad. It's just I don't think they necessarily apply. If there's a talent you found someplace else that that you like and you want to put in there, just tell me. We'll add it. I'm not opposed to it. IDIC goes for the most part. I just want to make sure whatever we select makes narrative sense. These are the sources that I think will make the most sense for the scenario that we're putting together. Once we're there and we scroll down for era, we would select next generation 24th century. Before we hit select, does anybody have any questions about the sources that we've chosen, we've picked today? All right, we can hit select and that should move us to the next page. When everybody's there, you'll see four options, main character, supporting character, starship, and space sector. We're going to be choosing main character here. It's no big, no big thing. That's That brings us to our next page. Is everybody with me on that next page where you see selection drop down and create for character type? Okay. So this is the one thing that I would say. For main characters, I would like everybody to be Starfleet. That is the selection that comes up. So with that, we're all Starfleet. I do think those other choices will might alter what species you get to select and a few other things. I think it, from what I've seen, those yeah. selections are really good at narrowing down something that actually fits into that group. So that's a neat thing is if you ever get to this part of the using the tool and you can't find the species you're looking for, you may have accidentally select the wrong era in the previous step and you might need to go back and look at it because next generation era has pretty much everything is unlocked at that point yeah because we've seen it all in the show what species do you belong to it also has the option of creating mixed species where you gain multiple benefits and you can go and then there's certain options you can to narrow down your selection choices where you can just take it from the full list select species if you want to select mixed species or give you your options custom species is a little bit more if you're familiar enough with the game and you'd like to do that i have no issues with that but we probably need to discuss that a little bit more i would feel more comfortable with one of the pre-built options at this stage but if somebody really has a great story in mind and they really want to do something more custom happy to work with them on that separately what have you i think that starfleet in general and the game seems to work that any Andorian can be in any role, any position, any division. Oh, yeah. Anybody can be in anything. I don't think the species choice impacts that much. But did you have a specific species in mind that you were interested in playing? Sounds good. All right. At this point, I'm going to go around the room. And I'm going to start with who I see on my left, which is Adam, a species that you have selected. I am going to choose an Andorian. 
Okay. Jeremy. Hologram. Okay. That's not one I had yet. And Chad. I will play a Vulcan. I guess I'll go with human. So there was, especially after hearing kind of the lead into the game, there was two that I was really leaning towards, and that would be either, I think my first preference is actually to play a trill. Okay. Because uh, I, I do want to do the Captain XO slot, and so having the older character that has the wiser and more experience would help lead into the, help build into the narrative of the accelerated responsibility and role a little bit. Because you have five lifetimes of experience behind you as a trail. Okay, Dave, any species thoughts for you? Yep, for a long time, I've wanted to play Andorian. See, Dave, you and me, for all, <laughs> as long as I've known you, we're like this. Yeah. I, and especially once Jeffrey Combs got hold of that character in Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Like, game, set, match. Like, I love Andorians. Once Jeffrey Combs got hold of that role, now I know why in literature they are one of the staunchest allies within the Federation. I'd become a fan of them in the old FASA RPG. Something in the RPG spoke to me. Yep. And yet Jeffrey Combs, it just took off once they introduced him. Okay. And Daniel? I honestly am just flipping down the list and the one that first jumped out at me was either a Cardassian or a Changeling. Interesting. If you were truly 50-50, I would lean towards the Cardassian because I could think of some really neat interactions. I I haven't thought too much about how a a shapeshifter would work. I hadn't really thought about that too much. And I'm not saying no, I'm just saying I hadn't really thought about that. Why don't we put a pin in that? I'm going to go around to the others. We'll circle back to you, Daniel, while you think about it a little bit. And we'll, we'll finalize that decision in a moment. And Marty? Being the least trekky one here, I'm probably going to stick with human just because I know humans and I'm not very up on the lore of other than maybe a little bit of Vulcan, but that's about it. Jen, I know you had some thoughts prior to air today. Are you still looking that route? I was going to ask if you were going to allow me to. I have no problem with that. Okay, then my character is going to be a hybrid Bajoran Cardassian. Excellent. And I am he, him. That said, Heather. So am I correct in hearing we already have a trill? We do. Okay. So my second option, because I'm just going to be that person, I'm going to pick an Orion. Excellent. I was thinking my character, the Tobor symbiont, was the one that's doing the work through the uh, academy and such. And then somewhere in the career event paths, that host dies and gets placed into my new character in this current position. Ooh, okay. I like that. Yes, we can do that. And Dan, we're back to you. I am going to go with the changeling. Okay. To be nice. fair, my, my Trill character's previous host was killed in the Dominion War. So that could make for some interesting roleplay. And, and so what where you're setting things. Obviously, you know, expansive universe. So the idea is that we are all been selected and gone through the academy. So a 
when you're doing the changeling, picking another species world to have been raised on or come from, how much would that kind of play in do you see? It, Ultimately, your main choice is: Are you from the Are you from the uh, the link, or are you one of the seven hundred? Right, Dodo yeah. is your kind right. of first so main the choice. Right? That this is someone who, after the Dominion Wars, got stranded outside of the Delta Quadrant. So I guess, and this is where I think Joe's follow up question came in. There was a group of changelings who had been separated from the link at some point in the distant past, 700 of them or so, that were spread out throughout the Alpha and Beta quadrants and grew up elsewhere as other things. Basically, some of them knew very well where they came from. Others, like Odo, had no recollection of where they came from and just grew up among solids trying to figure themselves out. So if you're one of those, you could have grown up in, on any planet and that would likely play very heavily into how you play the character, how you express, how your character expresses themselves in the game, how you came to Starfleet. Um, Because we are so close to the Dominion War, that probably, at least in my head, makes the most narrative sense, as opposed to somebody who was actively with the founders on their side of things during the Dominion War, now being in Starfleet. So I would think of the 700 and someplace really removed from the war, so you weren't necessarily part of the war, but you were aware of it. That kind of explained who you were, which caused you to like really hide yourself at that time. But now that the war is over, being honest about yourself became a better way to live. And Starfleet for its core, that works for me. I like that a lot. Okay, we'll get to Homeworld in a little bit, but we'll hold but hold on to that thought. Okay. Gotcha. Alright. And once you hit select, it'll bring you to the next page. This is where it will give you a bit of flavor text about your species. And below that, it will give you your attributes and your traits. That's all filled in. Humans are a bit different because what humans get to do is make some adjustments. Basically, you can add until you get to your trait totals there. Everybody else should see where their traits are and where their totals are for their attributes. Below that, you will see talents. These are the the options that you get to pick. It'll tell you how many you get to pick if it's more than one. There are two checkboxes. One is allow cross-species talents or esoteric talents. Generally speaking, unless you're playing a mixed species, I am not saying yes to cross-species talents. Esoteric talents would be more like mental powers, telepathy, things of that nature. That's what they mean by esoteric in that situation. Excellent. All right. So I believe that's everybody's species type. As once you make that selection, it's going to tell you a little bit about the species type. Below, you have your your attributes. They are control, daring, fitness, insight, presence, and reason. And these, while these approximate to your attributes that you would see in a standard role-playing game, they operate slightly differently as far as what they influence than you see in then strength con so on so forth so it looks like the humans are resolute and spirit of discovery and then what is the trait so attributes it has a bunch of list of attributes so what kind of things do these so there's a six or basically your stats and talking to D spec what kind of things are they all used for troll is both 
physical and mental control. So highly dexterous, you would use you'd use control to do a ranged attack. You're trying to hit something, but control is also mental control, mental discipline can be called for in diplomacy negotiations, keeping control of your emotions. This is your gravitas and ability to control the room. It's oftentimes used with negotiation and leadership type of endeavors. Fitness is your kind of overall physical strength and endurance. So climbing, hiking long ways, leaping over a chasm would generally be fitness. You then have daring, which is your ability to do things quickly without thinking instinctually. You just leap, you literally leap to it. And those types of tasks tend to be daring based. Hand-to-hand fighting is a daring based as its a standard attribute and then insight and then i would say the last two insight and reason are the two most fuzzy overlapping ones they're both mental based and such but insight tends to be or would be insightful noticing stuff having a feel and understanding when you're being asked to put things together whereas reason is the more analytical scientific method doing the research i thought of it as mccoy versus spock yeah which one goes more towards engineering the way i would think about it is if you think about the way jordy handled certain scenes he would use insight a lot for the engine just sounds off or feels off or he would look at the engine because he has the visor and that would be a piece of equipment that is adding chances for success by the way but he would use a visor and just look at the warp field being generated and he could tell something was off and he would use that to help in his diagnosis of the problem so jordy tended to engineer more from insight than reason i think but then he could take a look at scotty he would be like the x and the y and the z were and he would go through it in his very specific way i think balana was very much in that vein with a lot of daring added in there's sometimes that she's just like, i don't care what you say i'm just going to do this and we're going to see how it goes she put a lot of other aspects on it but i think you can go either way yep it's all about how you envision your character and how you wish to come at the problem so now when you do pull up the species it shows on the right hand side the two usually two sometimes three talent options that are associated with that species you want to keep those in mind as options later on because when you get to the next screen you'll get an option to pick from the whole entire list of talents including your two species talents when you asked that question it dawned on me that we didn't necessarily talk roles yet i think we did we talk species and this is a great time to kind of pause with the generation and talk roles for the three of you joe you already mentioned you're leaning more towards that command either xo or co type of position as you're building your character you might want to build any what you may have done before taking command colors kind of thing or what you were leaning into your minor so to speak if you left the academy in red then you would have had a minor or some kind of focus in your training outside of that marty what were you leaning towards as far as your role so I have always been a take it apart and put it back together engineering kind of guy. Matter of fact, that's what I do in my day job now is engineering stuff. So I, I always have a basis of that. I've always been a home auto mechanic and 
taking apart G.I. Joe's to put them back together. All those things, taking all my toys apart, put them back together. So I'm going to have to have a little bit of that. And then going from, like I said, the Marine Corps, the military background and having led troops and stuff like that, leading towards like a engineering slash command focus. I don't know exactly which way, which is going to come out on top at this point. But okay. that, that, that's a perfectly valid place to be at this moment. Dave, how, what were you thinking? How are you thinking? I'm thinking possibly engineering also, although maybe leaning towards Helm. Okay. But I'm have a preference towards engineering because I do engineering in real life as well. Now, if this helps anything, the, there's great mechanics for each of the role. And one of the flight off, uh, operator role game mechanics is that they can use their con score in place of engineering whenever they're trying to fix the ship. Because you know the ship so well. So that saying, because you were saying con or engineering, that's got a really nice dovetail mechanically later on when we get to that step. But could inform how you kind of choose your paths. Because of the setup of this particular series, engineering, just because so, it is very possible and probable to have two different engineers in lead positions on board this ship. You're assigned to a sector that has got a new starbase that's being built, while one may be the ship's engineer in charge of making sure the ship is running the warp core and all that is in, because of the nature of some of the missions, somebody could be an engineer for environmental systems because a lot of these missions will be going to planets in the area and working on these things, building different things for different people. So there's And there's also theoretical engineering as well. So in addition to the physical, I am banging the hammers and the nails and twisting the screws to make this thing function testing a new warp system or a new tech technological system within a given space frame is also a major function so you could have a a project lead of the same rank testing some new technology on board the hero ship almost like a stamets handles the spore drive but there is actually a separate ship's engineer for the discovery that we've just never met in series. It is very possible and probable to have two different engineers. So if that's a role that you're both interested in, you can hammer it out between yourselves, which way each of you would prefer to lean. And then you can both be engineers. And I think that would be a cool way to display I can also that. Say we can also have a Geordi and a Barkley. Yep, yeah. absolutely. How many talents are we choosing? At this stage, it's one. Yep. You'll have four talents total for your character. Okay. Six focuses and then the attributes and disciplines as the 5616 that I had mentioned. Yep. And while we're on Jen, yep. there's a lot to choose here. <laughs> yep. Yes. And it would if we had selected more source books. So that's yeah. actually why I was limiting source books because that list grows with each source book, which is awesome yeah. because it allows that infinite combinations and diversity. But from I'm trying to do this for the first time, that can be daunting, which is why I limit it to, to some extent. Yeah. And now it is recommended but not required that you – if you do want to pick one of your species-specific talents – Step one is a good place to start because the only prerequisite for the species talent is being that species. 
some of the other talents later have an attribute minimum or a discipline minimum. So there are at this stage in there, there are talents that are not available that are not being shown. That's one of the nice things about this tool is it only shows you talents that you can choose. So if a, for example, if a talent had a control of 10 plus requirement, and right now your character only has a control of eight, it will not pop up on the list, even though it gotcha. does exist. Gotcha. All right. I think that Why sounds like sound advice. Have one talent to choose from. <coughs> mm, Changelist have two, but a morphogenic matrix. That was the only one that came up. It's a good start. Oh, the per yeah, the perfect perfect manipulation. I think has a requirement associated with it. I would assume probably control, but that's just a guess. All right. I also had the option of asking you if you would allow esoteric talents, and I didn't know what that meant. Esoterics are basically things that are way out there, weird, in specific. Often it means things like mental powers, mental manipulation, a lot of beta, beta Z powers, yeah. things of that nature. I ain't worried about it then. Yeah. Okay. So I would click because those, are... for example, if I want to do an NR. Enar would be great as the ESP talent. So once we've picked that, how do we proceed? If you scroll to the bottom, once you've made your selections, you should be able to click on the environment tab, and that will move us to the next page. So once everybody has made their selections, we can certainly do that. You say selections, but it's only one, right? Yeah. Or initially select changeling. Yeah. Control, insight, and presence are set to eight. Yeah, when you then your when you then check your environment, and I selected another species world for Rangi, it took me to the next page where it dropped presence to seven, but then gave me an option to spend one of my attribute points. So I was able to increase insight to nine, but leave presence at seven. According to the insight pack. Control, fitness, and insight are the three stats that changelings get the bonus to, not presence. Yeah, you now have the option of picking plus one in either any of those three. Because you've hung out with enough Ferengi, you picked up on their three species traits. One of the three. Got you. So you still you still go to a bucket every so often, but you like to look like a Ferengi when you're not in your bucket. Or he, or he likes a gold press latinum bucket. There you go. Who wouldn't? Like Odo tends to look semi-human-ish because that's the one he's closest to knowing. Yeah, and it did the same for me when I made that selection. It's always so. when you break shit, huh? Yeah, we got to have somebody generally, do it. Generally, Dan, that is the case for at least the okay. last 20 years or so. Play true to type, Dan. Just stick with it. Ride the wave. And we haven't gotten rid of you yet, my friend. Yeah. Technically, that's not correct. So there's a bug in the system. Okay. okay. That's a good catch. Because you're supposed to look at the – so you're I got the same forward. thing where – I got the same thing where when I went to a frontier colony, it gave me the option to drop my fitness by one, and it gives me the ability to add it back, or I can up the add control. Add it somewhere else. Frontier colony should only give you control or fitness – 
one or the other to add to plus one. And then you are... When I hit the page, it says control is eight and fitness is seven. Because Andorians don't start with a plus one bonus in fitness. So they Ah. start at seven. So you're good. It's the changeling one because if you start with a presence, the presence should be low. I think what was confusing me is I can't look at what those numbers were on the previous screen. So right. I assumed yeah. that those 888 were the control and fitness. Were they other traits? So here, Andorians, right, Andorians no, no, start with plus one daring, plus one control, plus one presence. Okay, that's – So your yeah, so your fitness, insight, and reason are seven right now. Right. Those okay. other three are and eight. And it's a seven because it wasn't one of the racial ones. I understand. Correct. So it sounds like everyone should start with six sevens and then get three plus ones. Correct. So the top talents seem straightforward because they say this one augments your ability for control. This one augments your ability for daring, etc., etc. But then you continue down and there's bold colon, which affects something specific to your character choice as a job, it seems. Yes. So in addition to your attributes, there are disciplines. Those disciplines roughly relate to the apartments that are there, science, medicine, operations, security, con, which is like flying control and command. So you can be bold in any one of those things. So basically it's augmenting a given discipline based upon your specific way of interacting with that discipline. Is what it's doing. Some of these conflict with each other. That's funny. And Chad, what was the talent you chose? Nerve pinch. Because why wouldn't you? <laughs> that would be a given. <laughs> that was a tough call between mind meld and nerve pinch. Yep. I think later on that will still be an option, so you can take that in other places because it is. while it is a species talent, you, I believe you can always choose species talents when you have talent options. So you can still have both as you go, but you'd be sacrificing a career talent or something else. All right. And Scott, you're uh, – I went with Spirit of Discovery. And you do have to pick one before we roll on because – I think the first one I have to start with as a hologram is mobile emitter. Excellent. There's no point playing a trill if you're not joined. So I'm yeah. taking the joined trill talent. You have to give me a minute. There's a long list. I don't know if everyone has this long list or if it's just a human thing, but there is a long list. Yeah, there is <laughs> no, a, there it, a long list. That's one of the reasons why I mentioned when selecting your sources, that list could be longer if we had selected more sources. That's why it was kind of like I figured that out very early. It was very good for learning the game and seeing what was out there. But in in later characters out of the 20 or so I've built, later characters, I've been very specific. I'm going for this role, so I picked very specific sources, and my lists were a little bit shorter, so it was a little faster to move through the character gen process. Since a lot of these are based on science or con or whatever that stuff, David, if you want to be the active engineer, and I could have been a former engineer specifically at the academy and stuff, and now in the command tech role as an XO or CEO type thing. That's cool. That works for me. 
with environment, kind of look through your options, see what you're what you've got, and each of these options will then give you access to some attribute choices. Basically, a given environment means that you'll have the ability to add to two attributes and you'll have points to spend, which will increase that attribute. Because I need to know for story building purposes, Joe, let me know what you're thinking of. Next, we're going to go to, we're going to hit environment and everybody should move to the point where it says select environment or role environment. And then there is the option to allow alternate environments. General rule here is if you want alternate environments, feel free to take it. Again, beware of analysis paralysis. Select environment. Again, you can roll, but it could throw you something weird. So I'm recommending everybody go with select versus roll random on this. But there are a number of different environments, quite a few of them. And it will tell you what attributes they work with and disciplines that they impact. Basically, you're going to get some benefits to that you get to assign and those two columns that you see under attributes and disciplines are what would work in those cases. And once you pick your environment, just be very careful when you pick it, because once you hit the button, you'll go, it'll move you to the next screen and you don't get to go back unless you're starting over. Chad, you had a question? So what's the, other than the obvious, another species world, for example, Vulcan versus home world, right? Yep. The middle discipline or discipline the middle column is bigger there's more of them right so homeworld has three but another species homeworld vulcan has five no six i believe if you are playing a vulcan and you choose homeworld if i'm a human who grew up on vulcan i now get talent selections that cover all the things that could be vulcan all Uh, right and that's why it'll be a little bit larger for somebody else use, choosing Vulcan as a somebody else's homeworld versus a Vulcan choosing it as their homeworld because they already got some of those choices earlier on. Scott, I guess we'll start with you. What was the environment you selected? A busy colony. And your value? For the sake of knowledge. Excellent. And Chad, your environment? Homeworld. And your value? Calculating risk taker a bit selfish and self-serving. So if we're to phrase that in a value statement, it would something like knowing the odds makes it possible to risk the probabilities. No challenge is insurmountable. Ooh, I like that. And Jeremy. For science. And up the up the environment? Another species world vorta. I'm going for the troll home world. Okay. Because I'm a troll. I'm going Starship or Starbase. Mechanically, it doesn't have a difference between the two, but narratively, did you have a preference? Probably a Starship. Were you on the Enterprise as a lad? Did you celebrate Captain Picard Day? (laughs) No. (laughs) Actually, Lewanika's probably going to love this. But the idea I had for the characters, he grew up with his family traveling around mining asteroids as members of the Andorian Mining Consortium. I do so indeed. Nicely done. All right. Marty. So this is like where I grew up, right? Correct. Okay. And from there, you get to select a benefit to your attribute. 
You get to select a benefit to an available discipline, and then you get to write a value. I'm going to discuss what values are here because it is important to know that so you're writing them. Mechanically, values, the way to think of them are I believe statements, though you're not necessarily going to write the words I believe. So a value might be idic, right? Infinite diversity and infinite combination. That's a value. A value might be I'm married to my ship. That's a Kirk one or whatever. Value might be my word is my bond. Those are value statements. Mechanically, when you are doing things that involve challenging your value or reinforcing your value, that generates determination. So this is where values can be very important because that determination can be used to uh, how you manipulate and work through a scene. So choosing values that describe your character at this stage in their life path that they have carried forward to their current career is important. It is very core to the nature of, of Star Trek. And because it has such an interesting interaction with the mechanics of the game, I actually take notes on your values so that I can craft plots, stories, and scenes that will interact with your value system so that you have the ability to showcase those things from time to time. Basically, that's how we create those moments to shine. Along those lines, I am building a character along with you. This is just a may or may not come into the game. Usually start with the words, I believe this and then you can always trim off the i believe as you when you put it on your character sheet or like you said earlier when you're spending your determination you want a value that is applicable to the scenario the best values are can both help in a scene or complicate a scene or the like best ones can do both at the same time for example, narratively and mechanically, the join trill talent, simply during a session, I can say if a rolls come up and there's a focus, if that type of focus, I can activate my talent and say, one of my previous hosts was a computer programmer. So therefore, on this computer role that I don't have normally a focus, I can call upon my past experiences and get the increased critical success range. Times of experiences are not enough. That's what's driving him to leave Trill, go be a part of Starfleet, go explore. Need a new experience. I can complicate a scene by, ooh, there's something new I've never encountered before. I'm going for it. Experience jokey. Got it. So I'm not sure if it comes into character background, character building per se, but am I to assume that of your five existing lifetimes, none of them have been in Starfleet before? Is that correct? We can go either way. We can have one be experienced one to help explain the accelerated career path if you want. Okay. Or we can get, I'm flexible either way. We can talk about it. I had been, I've been toying with the idea and we can totally talk about this, but of, especially because this is set post Dominion War, of having the most recent host have been killed in the Dominion War. And they have that. Like, how do you deal with PTSD that isn't your own? It came from your past host. I absolutely, I absolutely love that concept. And when we do some of those B plot and specific episodes, we'll obviously throw some warnings and things like that. In deference to many of my 
military brothers and sisters right. out there who have and are dealing with that very directly. Marty, you might have some thoughts on the topic, and I don't know if dealing with some of these topics are things that you are concerned about specifically. Is there anything you want to mention on that? Things happen, so yeah, everyone deals with it their own way. All right, fair uh, if at any point we touch on something, let me know. <laughs> what I have so far, assuming my character's background, having grown up on a starship, going from place to place, and being an engineer, is good maintenance saves. All right. And anybody have any questions on that? Adam, what was the value you selected? I'm still actually phrasing it, but it's essentially that he grew up in a frontier community and very few people that have expressed a sense of honor and trust, and he joined Starfleet because they are supposed to espouse that value. Excellent. And Adam, maybe something like my word is my bond or honor above all things. Those were two good value statements in that vein. Jed, what did you choose for your environment? I did Homeworld, which I wanted to question because Homeworld, you click on that and then it goes, character comes from an idyllic back in civilization. Blah, blah, blah. That is not Bajor. <laughs> but if I you click. Post war Bajor is pretty idyllic. True, Once true, you take true. the Cardassians out. And looking at your character's general age, if you are graduating Starfleet Academy in 2378, assuming that happens sometime around 2022-ish, that puts you fairly young during the occupation at all. So you may have been born during the occupation, but you would have been a child and maybe not had any greater significant recollection of, of the occupation because that actually took place years before DS9 began. Uh, it's, not, it's not like the occupation ended two weeks before the series began. Granted. There have been several years between because Galdicott's daughter was... Yeah, she was in her early 20s. She was in Nurse. her 20s. And her being born during the occupation, you could have very well been born after the occupation given the time you're coming out. Now, you no, want to be wasn't. born during... <laughs> This is all a sheet of background notes I've already come up with out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to creating a D&D &D character, man. I'm already going, this is what's going on. <laughs> so there is one of the expanded homeworld options, if you were to go back and check the little checkbox, is war or occupation. Oh, so I missed that. Oh, I missed that. So I might do that, but I did come up with a value if that's what we're heading towards. Okay. The value I did was I wrote family is first and must be protected, which makes sense for a person there. Absolutely. I'm down with that. Dan, we know you're on the Ferengi homeworld. Your value. I believe that everybody and everything has a price, and the calculation of value is intrinsic to determining their worth. The knowledge imparted by my time at Starfleet Academy has added the most value to my worth. Wow. So you're probably going to want to shorten that. <laughs> that first part was great, I think, and is a great value. Everyone and everything has a price. Yep, I think that works for the statement and how you interpret that is what we're going to see throughout roleplay and perhaps even as you develop other values throughout the character generation process. But yeah, I dig it. If joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com 
slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. And Heather, your environment and value. I was born on Orion, because that's just easy. And I have not a clue what her value is at this point, because they're very complicated, Orions are, I'm discovering. And I need to do a little more research, but it's basically I put on my value on the sheet for a placeholder Orion stuff, because it's going to be a lot about who she is as an Orion, and how that affects her feeling about Starfleet and all that stuff. So it's yep. a little complicated right now. I may have to actually be working this value out in play. I don't know. I have to think well, about it. Well, the great thing about these values is that they can change and be challenged as part of the determination accumulate. The way you get one way you get determination is by challenging a value in a scene where a belief you have comes into conflict and you literally scratch it out and say, nope, challenging this value and then taking action that would otherwise not align with that value. And then you get to re, at the end of the session, you get to redraft the value based off of the scenario that you learned and the lesson that came out of in your value. So and right, another, that that's is- another narrative tie-in. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I'm taking the time to write down everyone's values because in order for you to have those role-playing and character growth opportunities, I need to build scenarios that challenge them. So I'm putting them down so I know which types of stories to tell. That's why I said the types of stories we're going to tell is going to be greatly impacted by the types of characters you build. I'm Uh, doing my Orion research right now on Wikipedia, so there we go. I will, following this, Heather, I will give you the YouTube links to the two Orion things I watched last night in Certifiably In-Game. They will also give some great episode links specifically to Enterprise that I have missed that I'm going to even go back and look at because the Orions as a species change greatly throughout the eras so they were originally known for and what they are now known for are vastly different the the wikipedia links opens right up with the one that is from original star trek yeah and it's the one where she's there it's a slave girl yeah 60s slave girl type situation yeah i gotta go back it's the cage i gotta go back and watch that yeah so and they mentioned lower decks too that's cool yeah yeah, so there, there's a lot of good stuff there. There's a lot of narrative juice with the Orion. I'll get you the two episodes that I have. Perfect. Feel free to borrow from Beta Canon if you want as well, because I'm sure there's plenty of stuff in Beta Canon that's out there on the Orions. Once we have done that, has everybody selected their environment, made their choices? Yep. Made their assignments. You should be able to hit upbringing, and it will move you to the next option. This is where we get to select upbringing and allow for alternate upbringings. Similar conversation to previous. With our upbringing, a couple things to keep in mind here is there are several different environments or scenarios. This is where you were raised or brought up or came into your own. Once you select a given upbringing, it will then move you to other options. The main option is, did you accept that upbringing? Is that something you fell into and said, yep, this is me, this is what I want to be all about? Or did you rebel against that upbringing? Which I think is a really cool piece of a life path. Not everybody does what they were taught, but that doesn't change the fact that they were taught it. (laughs) 
I've never seen that in any game before. That's probably one of the most realistic life path elements I've ever seen. When you choose select upbringing, there's going to be a number of different options based on character choices. I can kick us off because I think I know where I'm going with that. Yep. So I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the diplomacy and politics upbringing path, which I did accept. Okay. Because he he was all about getting into the trill program and doing that aspect element was like good resume box checking. Excellent. And then from there you have disciplines that you get to add to those are again those disciplines that you can select that match what you are all about and you get one selection there and then you have a talent that comes along with your choice i'll go next i chose business or trade and i chose rebel the idea being is that my family does not accept the the idea that i'm going into starfleet academy when you're in the Andorian Mining Consortium, you should stay in the Andorian Mining Consortium. Got it. Think a little something like Travis's relationship with his brother. Okay. With this character, there's more than a little bit of Travis Mayweather in his DNA. And for mine, I rolled randomly, and I got artistic and creative. All right, so filled with arts and creative of all kinds, no matter exposed to great works of many cultures and I chose to accept that. So yes, I was exposed to many different things when I was a young thing and, and that has helped shape me. Yeah, the whole idea to accept and re- or rebel against your upbringing is a fantastic idea. There are so many things and I think Michael Desmuke of Continuing Conversations, YouTube fame and Continuing Missions, the number one Star Trek Adventures fan site. I hope I got that right, Michael. We'll really talk about things that he sees people take from this game and bring to their other games. While I've consistently done life paths in other games, I will absolutely take that piece to my other games in some fashion or another. That's just a brilliant narrative for how you play your character and how to display that and bring your character to the table into the fictional world. Oh, at the end, focus. Since we get to choose that, what's a good criteria for choosing or putting in a focus? You want it to be centered on the things you learned during this phase of your life. So this might be if you've got a focus and business and trade is not what you were choosing to do. What is it about business and trade that kind of turns you off? What is it about Starfleet and Federation ideals that absolutely speaks to you? Yeah, and they tend to be what I've noticed the focuses a lot are around the actual things you're going to do. So I will take diplomacy. So whenever I'm doing diplomacy, I will use this focus to get the bonus or like law or Starfleet protocol or trade and a negotiation. So I think of them as you are doing with your attributes and disciplines. So as I had just mentioned for the focus I chose, Leonica is that I chose diplom- diplomacy, and then I am taking the cautious command talent, which is whenever I 
buy one or more additional d20s with momentum, I can re-roll a single one of them during the test. And Dave? Okay, for the focus, I took improvisation. And I took the bold engineering. Kind of thinking that his background was he grew up in ships out in the middle of nowhere. All right. If you're going to be generating a lot of threat, you might as well get to re-roll one of the D20s while you're at it. Yeah. Also, (laughs) in terms of the character's DNA, there's a little bit of ROM in there also. So don't be surprised if you see a cooking spoon in the the warp coil (laughs) somewhere. Uh, This spatula conducts warp plasma very well. Yes. Business trade Uh, and rebel. Business trade and rebel? Okay. And now I'm trying to... choose which discipline I want to increase. Under that, there's also a talent choice as well and a focus. So while you're working on that, give a couple more moments and then I'll start asking around. If somebody else is ready to let me know their upbringing and whether they accepted or rebelled, I'll jot that down. I did agriculture or rural and rebel. Okay. That's a lot of talent options. So how many talents do we pick? Just one at this stage. Wow. And there's a bunch of them that it's the same talent, but applies to one of the six disciplines. So mechanically in the system, it's in there six times. Gotcha. So augmented ability, one for each ability. Stat, yeah. Yeah. So while it's a lot, it's not quite as many as it looks. You gain the extraordinary attribute one special rule. What does that mean? So the uh, augmented ability is a science division talent that the extraordinary thing essentially means you get minus one difficulty to any test dealing with that attribute. But it comes along with a trait that essentially it's in here to simulate actual genetically engineered augments. In the DS9, for example, Bashir has augmented ability reason to represent his augmented acuity. Augmented ability, instead of reducing the difficulty of all tasks by one, in fact, gives you one automatic success whenever you try to do a task using that. So it essentially turns all tasks one into a task, automatic success task zero. You build momentum faster, which can lead to other cool things as well. Because you start with that one extra success, that's always helpful. And Adam, your upbringing, and did you accept the rebel? Diplomacy and politics accepted. Nice. And the what do you what else did you want to know? The talent? No. Yes. The talent that I chose was augmented ability presence and the folk is criminal. Okay. I'm going down the security officer path. Alright. That's actually the path I was looking at also. Yeah. But from a <laughs> Me more too. I, I could easily change mine. So Lewanika. Yes. So just from a narrative perspective and i want to let you know as a as the gm option so the augmentability talent narratively in the system 
is specifically to represent augments, which are illegal in the Federation and barred yes. from Starfleet. So, right. as a G- right. it, it is a talent that has a GM asterisk allowable option. Just yep. wanted to put that out there before it was we got any further along. If that's the case, I will choose something else. Okay. I'll post it in the chat when okay. I figure it out. All right, sounds good. I ended up going with the other changeling talent of morphogenic mastery. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Which means that when assuming an alternate form, I can assume the form of a specific person, mimicking their appearance, personality, sufficiently that even close friends are unable to discern the truth. Further, the changeling no longer needs to revert to liquid state in order to rest. Okay. You're going to cause our chief of security to just have a paranoid nightmare. I was actually going to take detective. Investigation detective. All right, Heather. My upbringing was my home planet Orion, and I rebelled against all that. Okay. And my focus is toxicology. And I'm actually pushing towards. I'm actually pushing towards the doctor track. I'm not security. That was my secondary. (laughs) Science officer, it is. (laughs) So there's one on there. I'm a doctor, not a. So I picked one of those. Okay. And let's see. Your talent, Heather? I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Sorry. Didn't you just say it's I'm a doctor, not a... I'm a doctor, not a pilot, I think it was. Doctor, not a pilot. Yeah, I think that was what I picked. Ironically, it lets you use your medical skill for that. For science, yes. I had to have have a plus three in medicine, which I do already. And you have to use... You can use medicine to substitute for a science pip. Yeah. yeah, that could be interesting when you're trying to fly something. No, you get to choose one of six. I think Doctor I did the pilot one. Yeah, I did okay. the pilot one. Because I can see that I can see the purpose of being a doctor on an away mission, but then all of a sudden everybody's dead and somebody has to fly this damn thing home. Or you're you spent some time driving an ambulance shuttle essentially. There you go. <laughs> Badly <laughs> into asteroids. <laughs> gotcha, Adam. You took well informed. Oh, that's a good one. Your upbringing, Scott? Science and technology. And did you accept or rebel? I accept. Your talent? I selected a rapid analysis. Excellent. Chad? Starfleet? Rebel? <clears throat> I t- took ambush tactics. Jeremy? Oh, science and technology. Accept. And then your talent was expanded program. Jen, your upbringing and your talent. I chose regimented mind. I think I'm on upbringing. I saw shuttles and transports soar overhead and I want to fly. So I guess you got a con officer and I'm selecting the talent. Okay. That's the talent? Yes. And the upbringing was? Oh, fly. To fly. Okay. And your focus? Astro navigation. Good. We need somebody who can get us out of here. (laughs) Or into it. Either way. Excellent. And Marty? I took the collaboration engineering because that kind of makes sense with knowing all the different little places 
a little bit of everything, collaborate towards a solution. And I'm trying to figure out a focus that would fit that kind of concept where the focus would probably be, is there like a jury rigging focus? Absolutely. Yep, that's what yeah, I was thinking. Very common one. Improvisation. Yeah. Damage control would be a good engineering focus. Maintenance work and work engineering. EPS conduits or EPS power systems, I believe, is a recommended focus from the operations book. Uh, I think damage control is perfect, especially if you're on a frontier place and you're exposed to a lot of stuff. You would probably mm-hmm. be more in, like damage control. Fixing stuff that is broken is probably the quickest, especially if you're self-sufficient for the most part. So damage control would be his focus. Excellent. Scott, your focus here? Astrophysics. Chad? Covert your- operations. And Jeremy? Xenobiology. Excellent. All right, and once we have those selections... I do have a question, though. Yes. So, expanded program says, I may select up to two additional focuses. When does it give me that option? If it doesn't give that to you by the end of this character gen process, you'll just be able to write those in on your character sheet at the end. And if it does not give those to you by the end of this program, we should make note of that because that's a programming thing that we can send off to BC so that's something she can update in some future iteration of the tool. Get it. Okay, when we're done here, everybody makes their selection, Starfleet Academy. At this point, we have options, enlisted or officer. There is a basic difference between the two of beyond the narrative rank issue and who's in charge of whom. But the from a mechanical standpoint, I believe there is one less talent or one less focus. I can't remember which one if you choose enlisted versus choosing officer. I have no requirements one way or the other. As I said, I don't mind duplication of roles just because there's another role that might be an officer does not require you who want to do that role to choose a to choose a an enlisted person. Starfleet Academy. You've got a couple different tracks you can take. The officer track, or you can roll the officer track. You can select the enlisted track or roll the enlisted track. I have no preference whether anybody wishes to play an officer or an enlisted person. One of the benefits of choosing a much smaller ship is you are less. it is less necessary specifically for bridge crew to necessarily be an officer. On a small crew of 40, if you're the most talented person, you would likely be there and you could be the officer. And I'm not sure they've covered it exceptionally well in canon i tend to think of o'brien as a warrant officer uh, and i think they mentioned it once or twice but i know mm-hmm. when i watch different shows people talk about it differently but he was definitely not a uh, commissioned officer i considered him a warrant officer if somebody wanted to choose that tack i would likely say the player characters would be it, among the warrant officer ranks by the way i don't know if this ever gets reflected in the character stats but I've planned for the char- my character. The first time he spent any significant time on a planet was at Starfleet Academy. So he's probably going to be just a little bit agoraphobic. Okay. You could create that as a trait, which is again similar to a value, but it's more mm-hmm. physical about who your nature is with the help or hurt advantage. Or you could just play it narratively okay. uh, as you go or incorporate it into part of your value statements. I believe life aboard a starship is where I'm home, that kind of thing. 
Okay. And then the complication to get determination would be you're on an open planet and the GM gives you the determination spend for taking a plus one difficulty to act because you're outside and not comfortable. Okay. And the first time your mission gets you stranded on a desert planet and there's nothing but open sand, you know, that's going to be an interesting thing for the agoraphobe uh, on the mission, which is cool. Yeah. So. Being on a desert planet, being an agoraphobe and an Andorian. Yeah, that, that, that gets rough. All right. Has everybody selected their track? All right. When you select your track, there are three options. They, that gives you your, uh, your departments. Command, operations, science. Sciences. Medicine falls under sciences, and it basically tells you what the majors are within that group. So you can certainly select department that you prefer. And at this stage, I will ask what everybody's department and major is. Yeah, I'm going officer operations. I rolled officer command track. We then have the three. I'll lean straight into things, and I'm going command track, officer track. Okay. The attributes which you get to assign, and it will give you the assignment for three of your disciplines, what they're going to add to, and it will show you what your total is thus far. And then it gives you the option to choose foci. Following that, there's going to be talent options that you get to select. Focuses are warp field dynamics, transporters and replicators, and computers. Excellent. And the talent is a little more power. Now my value is going to be what we talked about earlier, is a starship is where I belong. So my three focuses I've got is a Starfleet protocol. Composure. Ooh, I like that. And strategy and tactics. So I yeah. took the advisor talent so that when I help someone with a, using my command discipline, they can re-roll one of their die, 20s. Okay. And then the my value is going to be Starfleet is more than the uniform. So hopefully awesome. we can get some good play of leaning into the preservation. Absolutely. Yep, that's what separates one of the separators of those two properties. You go into them for different kinds of experiences, but it is to very tonally different for that reason. That said, so, I will say that there, some of your choices do get limited when you choose the enlisted rank, the enlisted tr track. So just be aware of that. But it should not dissuade you from choosing that if that's where you see the character going. At this point, select whichever track you would prefer. And so they did, so in addition to the three main tracks, command, operation, science, they added options, especially for the science route of if you want to have a character that was previously a university professor alumni before joining Starfleet, you have the university alumni option, or if you want to essentially have any other type of coming from the private sector into Starfleet, you have the research internship opportunity that is available to you. So those are, if you're looking at what the difference is between all of those ones, those are, they're mo more, mostly narrative, but they do have some options that it shows up underneath the what majors you can have and the selections you get to put your dots in in the next option. 
So reading through the blurb here, alternately you may opt for an enlisted character. It does not affect you in more ways other than you cannot select command as your major. I was seeing him as more enlisted, but I didn't want to hamper his usefulness to the group. I We've got three command officers right now, so you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. I'm going medicine. Adam, your track and your major. Operations track. Okay. Uh, security major with a minor in command and con. Excellent. First focus is strategy and tactics. The second one is criminal organizations, security systems. Excellent. And you're, did you get as far as talents yet, or do you need me to come I did, back? yes. I took lead investigator. What, do, what type of thing are we selecting for focus? So, for example, I went to college to be an English major. I could have chosen to focus on Shakespeare, right? Because I'm a big fan of Shakespeare and I actually did do – took extra courses in Shakespearean literature and such like that because I just love it I mean, and it was an easy way. You probably do have focus in Shakespeare then. I don't know if I have it on Starfleet level, but certainly layman's terms, I probably know more about Shakespeare than your average Joe. I would say that's – Or even bad. your average English major, right? Yeah. Because I did take the extra courses, but that's really where your focus comes in. Dan, did you have your track and major? Yeah, so interrogation and infiltration. It says that I automatically gain chain of command. So is that my third focus? It pre-selects yes. chain of command for me. Gut feeling. So you've learned to trust your gut when something doesn't feel right. When the game master spends one or more threat to introduce reinforcements or cause a reversal, they must spend two additional threat to do. Ooh, that's nice. Heather. Okay, so I went sciences, majors medicine, and my disciplines are con and science. And my foci are xenobiology, emergency medicine, and botany. And I'm still reading over the value talents, but I think I'm going to go with... Where is it? Don't you die on me. <laughs> Which is delightful. The line between life and death is a thin one. You're good enough to keep a patient alive when lesser doctors would have pronounced them dead. When a character is killed, you may spend one determination to make an, one attempt to revive them. If they are killed, <laughs> killed instantly by suffering two injuries, then this may only be attempted within that scene. So basically I could bring somebody back from the dead. Kind of. Maybe. Hopefully. I like that. I like that. And Jen? Command majors con. Yep. Minors in command and science. Okay. Focus one is? Strategy slash tactic. And focus two? Astronav. Focus three. Evasive action. And your talent. Precise evasion. And to let you know, and to let you know, because it, this unfortunately in the tool it's not updated for the errata. Uh, they remove that two momentum requirement for pre precise evasion because they realized. You could otherwise just spend two momentum and make and give yourself an advantage. So there was no point in taking this talent. So the talent now actually reads, whenever you successfully do the evasion task, your ship doesn't suffer the penalty. 
so there's no cost. She just does it, yeah. and it works. So would we want to try to mirror our actions in the upcoming intro scenario to mold the officer into what we select here? That's a good narrative way to do that. Or you could do something wildly different and then rationalize over the next three years. I know what worked and didn't work, so I became something totally different. So This would be the stab at the Picard's heart then. Yeah, I would honestly say play the game the way it feels comfortable to play. If there's something you wish to change as a result, we can do that. Or you want to keep it the same, keep it the same. And your explanation could be just that. I was a young young buck when I did that. And after my first duty posting, Jeremy. I went sciences track. And your major? Science, science. She blended me with science. Chad. I took operations. Yep. And major was security. Okay. And Scott. I did a science track and majored in science. All right. And that should give you attributes to increase or to add. And once you've done that, it then gives you additional selections for your disciplines, other things that you would be leaning into. And now you have three foci. Okay. And at this stage, let's get into the foci. We'll start with... I went with warp theory, quantum mechanics, and temporal mechanics. I imagine at some point they all just intersect. One would expect. (laughs) And Chad. Tech hacking, espionage, and infiltration. Jeremy. For me, I think it's going to be... Virology, botany, and genetics. And talent. Jeremy. Let's go with rapid hypothesis. I took bold security general. Scott. Rapid hypothesis. Chat, your value? Assurance through deduction. Scott, you're up. Precision and speed. And Jeremy. My well-being is not of importance. I like that a lot. That's hot. Oh, I do the way this crew is, be, is coming together. This is pretty, this is solid. For my talent, I think I've got advisor. When I assist others using command, character can reroll d d20. All right. For focuses, there's inspiration, small craft, and team dynamics. And I'm still working on a value, but obviously probably something towards that team thing where... Uh, I don't know, still working on it. I was going to say, I was going to say, don't roll one because you could accidentally roll veteran. Yeah, which correct. Which you don't want, so you want to select. At this stage, your options are young officer. Just be aware when you choose that, you get the untapped potential talent. You cannot choose another talent. That's what you get. But it will show you what that is so you know what that does. Experience officer, you're going to get a talent of choice based on some of the options you select. In this game, nobody should be selecting veteran officer. Everybody here is going to be either a young officer or an experienced officer. Again, everybody's competent. You're coming in. The choice of those two things and your department choice will change what rank you can have. And obviously, if you're enlisted, that will change within that as well. For instance, if you choose command, 
it pretty much automatically starts you at commander and I will be ratcheting that back manually to match where we are because the hero ship is a smaller ship there's only it's got a crew of about 40 you will not have the level of ranks you saw on say the enterprise d in command in fact the co of this vessel is a commander the xo is a lieutenant commander and everything kind of filters down from there somebody could be a lieutenant there could be an additional lieutenant commander if so chosen but generally speaking bridge officers on smaller ships are at lower ranks i think they attempted to cover that by not letting ensign kim be moved beyond Ensign. That had been highly unusual for him to just remain Ensign the whole time. They likely would have got him to a JG at some point, even on a smaller ship, but a department head on a ship in Intrepid size could, in fact, be a lieutenant T. A department head is an Ensign. That's eh, a little sketchy. But basically, you put somebody into that spot who's promotable. So he'll be an Ensign for a little while longer, become a lieutenant JG before long, and then go from there. I'm going to take experienced officer. <laughs> I'm taking young officer. I like the narrative of young officer, especially for a hologram. At the same time, I don't like it capping my stats. So in a game like this and the way difficulties and threat and momentum is set, while stats are important and leaning into your stats is important, I think you're going to find that that is less of an issue than you might imagine from playing other role-playing games. I think leaning into the narrative that makes the most sense for you is probably more important. Now, if you're worried about the rank piece, that's a different discussion because that's actually a little bit more concrete in my head. doesn't have to be, by the way. And to be fair, Doc Zimmerman was a competent doctor who had a stupid amount of skills. So while he may have been a novice or new at being an entity and being alive. He was not a novice at any skill he did. And so I don't think he would have qualified with that as a narrative piece either. I think he would have came in as the officer and it's all narrative as far as how he interacted with people. Okay, perfect. That's pretty much where I was going with my mindset. So that, okay. that confirms. Thank you. You're very welcome. Young officer. When you make that choice, you're going to have a value that you get to pick. And uh, if you choose young, it mandates the talent. If you choose the other ones, it's going to give you talent options. Joe, your career focus and talent? Yeah, so my career value, so I'm taking the experienced officer one. So we yep. can. So the value is the chair is where I belong. Okay. And then I'm going to take the diffuse the tension talent. So when I attempt to persuade someone to not resort to violence, I add an extra D20. That really matches with the diplomacy stuff that you've gone into with this character. That's a nice match. Young officer. Marty? I also went experienced officer for the value. I took the, I believe, Starfleet represents everyone's best interests. And then for the talent, call to action. <clears throat> And that's where you can have other people perform minor actions by using your command ability. Dave, I know I have to go back for yours. We'll have to figure out a temporal anomaly later. Don't get me wrong, the untapped potential talent is a really good talent. So you might want to, it might be a happy temporal anomaly you might want to look at. My value is your ship is your family. I'm going to go with young officer. Okay. Heather? Young officer. Okay. Jen? I chose experienced, and I already have my value and my talent. 
She is ready for it. Why don't you throw me your value since we're on it? My crew is my found family. I'm going to use Pathfinder. Got it. And Adam? I'm going to go with the experienced officer, and I have a question. When we see the talents, it means that we meet the prerequisites. Yes? Yes? Okay, because yes. I don't remember what all my scores were at this point. I am going to go with follow my lead. Your career value? Trust is a valuable thing to earn. Okay. Dan, your talent? Untapped potential. Heather, I assume that's the same for you? Yep. And I put in, I need to learn the value of other races. She's coming through my head as a snob. I don't know why. We'll play with work on this. Dan, your value? Everybody lies, especially to themselves. We are on to career event. You can choose the event that took place during that two to three year period. This is the one thing that I'm going to ask you all to not say on air because I want this to be a surprise for everyone involved. Uh, with that, you'll also get a focus. So when you give me, I can take the focus out loud. Okay, that one's easy. Flying is everything. Damn. I am a better doctor because I am an Orion. That's what I took out of Starfleet Academy. Okay. With that, everybody can go ahead and select the next option, which is career. That will lock in this choice and move us to the next piece. That will bring us to the career event selection. And this is where this is the mission that you will have been on for the two to three year period after our pilot episode and before <laughs> our follow following episodes. While you won't have any of these things to deal with during our pilot episode, these are the things that you're going to be experiencing. Now, this is a bit of a departure from the rest of the character generation. What I will say is this. If, in fact that as we select them, I'm asking you not to shut out your your values or the answers to these specific questions. I would like you to send them to me via IM because none of the other party members would have been present for these activities to have happened. I just sent you mine. Sent to you. What I have done as an own house rule is whatever rank your character is the number of times they've rolled, you get to, you choose a role on that chart to help simulate a captain in 06 doesn't have the same experiences that like an ensign does as my own personal house rule implemented that I used to do a very similar thing with career events. They're called tours in Last Unicorn Games, and I did the same thing. <laughs> Basically, at the end of each tour, you were promoted. Show your your focus that came out of your first event. Xeno Archaeology. And your focus that came out of your second event. Lead by example. Marty, have you sent yours yet? I have not. So I have first aid and alien technology. That brings us to finishing touches. This is where you have a number of points to add to your attributes. And so you can all make those selections. The tool will not let you exceed the totals that you're allowed by the game rules, so it's pretty intuitive as far as what you choose to add to. And then we got to worry about ranks for the final stuff. 
Um, we'll get to that in a second. Let me see. The next step is also your disciplines. You should have points to distribute there amongst the various disciplines. And then you have one more value. And when you all have your values, I will take those. Ready when you are. All right. Go for it, Dave. I'm a work in progress, but I will get there. The idea being that he still has some insecurities he's working on. Like it. Joe? Yeah, so I went with the galaxy is a dangerous place. And Marty? All life is sacred. Got it. Scott, your career value was? But it's just a theory. It was supposed to be something that reflects an experience. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Chad, your value? The means are not always justified. The end may change us. Talent? Yes. I am going to take mind meld. And Jeremy, your value? Trying to figure out a way to word pretty much as you said, like immense knowledge, but pretty much just born. You could go with something along the lines of new experiences are the most precious experiences. That'll work. And your talent. I think I'm going to go with baffling briefing. Excellent. And the final value, Scott, reality is subjective. Got it. And I don't know. I need to think about the last one. Value. Okay. You will have the ability to write that in later, but we can... But you can certainly come back to that if you need to. Jeremy, did you have a value for this stage? Would science is evolution be a value or would that be something else? You could work it into a value statement. All science evolves is probably how I would phrase it. That'll work. For finishing touches, character's name. And this is where we would select rank. And for selecting rank, we're going to take us that two to three year time period out and what rank you're going to be. The other benefit of being a smaller ship is your bridge officers can be of a slightly less rank than what you'd see on TNG. That's such a massive ship. There's no way somebody under a captain is going to be in charge of a ship that size. However, the smaller ship you get, the lower your rank would necessarily be. So having a commander be in charge of smaller ship is very reasonable or a lieutenant commander of a moderately sized ship, so on and so forth. So as we're picking ranks, it looks like Joe, your character would probably be that captain role. Marty, your character seems to fit nicely into that XO role. Keeping ourselves as younger officers, even though we're going with experience, depending on the specifics of what you picked for your career elements, I would say you commander would be sufficient to be the captain of this vessel. So I would not, I think that would be a good spot for you to pick. And then Lieutenant Commander would be pretty accurate for the XO on that vessel. And Bridge Officers can be anything from Ensign to Lieutenant Commander there. So at that point, everybody else has got a lot of room to go. The only hiccup is in the Builders program, the role is limited to certain ranks. I would mark it. And then when we get to the final sheet, just manually make the change to get to the rank that that we've discussed that makes narrative sense for what we're doing. I'm assuming, Heather, you're going for the chief medical officer position. Is that correct? And con officer for you, Jen. Correct? Yes. Scott, rank. Lieutenant JG. So it's recommending me for an operations manager. 
Okay. So it's like primary operations on the bridge, but secondary is science? Yep. Chad, your rank? So what's really the difference between lieutenant and lieutenant junior grade? Does it really matter? In a pre-scarcity society, pay. In a post-scarcity society, one's been a lieutenant longer than the other. I would say in a given department, the likelihood of a lieutenant JG being the department head over a lieutenant is next to non-existent. Okay, I'll stick with lieutenant. I took intelligence officer. Okay, I like that. As the way a bridge lays out, you know, most bridges have like a random station that is not assigned and would be programmed for late other things. You would occupy one of those stations. It's just going to be configured for an uh, intelligence officer. And under this circumstance where typically communications might be handled by security, you might handle that and follow up in getting intel. You might be responsible for here's the dossier on the planet we're about to get to. When we have when the bridge crew goes into the briefing room, okay, we're coming up on the planet. We'll be there in three hours. What do we know about what do we know about this planet? You might deliver some of that information. Like you may have tasks to gather that information and do that fact finding, and then that might be information that you bring to the table that may impact those successes. May create extra momentum that we get to use as we enter as we enter that that, that scene or enter that those events. That's a nice role that was not initially thought of, and I really like it. Jeremy, you said science officer. If I heard you correctly. Yep. And what rank will you be? Rank makes sense for a hologram. As you wanted to play yourself slightly young, let's go Lieutenant JG at this point. Okay. Adam, I have you as the tactical officer and Dan, I have you as the chief of security. So while Star Trek in many series has had those be one position, I'm actually looking at it as potentially being two positions. While chief of security may technically report to the tactical tactical officer of the ship, you will be handling security on an away mission, handling the internal threats and boarding actions, things like that. Tactical officer, it's going to be much more of managing the overall team administratively you're over that situation but you're going to be more focused on the overall tactics scanning for threats handling threats managing the ship functions in that regard manning the weapons consoles things of that nature Um, so that's a great division of labor it's an excellent way to have people in a similar role be doing two different things and very easily, depending on how an away mission goes, don't split the party, that kind of thing, either or either one of you could take over the other position under extreme or catastrophic situations. That's great synergy there. That's then, not one of the options that it gives me, but I'm assuming we can change that on the sheet. Yeah, we can manually fix that. It should – it'll probably just give you chief of security or head of security, something to that effect. But that's the way I'm looking at it to divide divide that labor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of the topics that was talked about in the head of security episode that they did recently on continuing conversations was the way different eras called it slightly different things and they were handled slightly differently.
thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at TT Journeys, joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. Our full episodes come out every week on Friday, and every Tuesday features actual play and gameplay showcase episodes. Looking for early access? You can support the show and get episodes before everyone else at www.patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. Check it out today and see all the awesome benefits we bring to our supporters. Lastly, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, you would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And we bid you fair tides, friends, for legends a week.